Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of Heavens and Streets. You want to say anything? Hi. <laughs> I was impressed about the fact that she remembered it was episode 29. <laughs> I'm giving my number. My head, like, is it still yeah. 29? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, today we have a special guest. Every I feel like every time we have a guest, I say it's a special guest. It's, a, always it's always special. a special guest. <laughs> we are joined by Carol Glenn today. Um, I will leave it up to her to introduce herself so That's you get right. to know like all her accolades. Carol, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> So tell our listeners who you are and what you do for starters. My name is Carol Glenn and I'm a licensed official with the Motorsport UK as a clerk of the course. I'm also FIA Girls on Track Ambassador and I'm also the owner and founder of Next Racing Generation. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so yes, that's Carol. And um, like, I feel like it's, it's always fun for us to have a woman on the show because of one of our goals trying to bridge the gap when it comes to diversity and inclusion in motorsports and so we are really honored to have you and we hope you enjoy recording with us and we have some fun (laughs) we i mean we try to keep it professional but don't hold us to it (laughs) no i understand no that's good it's good so to kick things off, um, we are going to start with um, our tradition. Your day of birth. Yes. Um. So, Carol, what day were you born? If you know, I I do know because I was because you remember that you know the little tale about you know Monday's Charlie's da 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 Tuesday's da da da. I am a Sunday child, the best one. <laughs> Akosia. Akosia. Oh, good. I have it. So your Ghanaian name is Akosia. Also Akos. Akos. Yeah. Akos. Do I remember the fancy one? Is there a fancy one? Never mind. <laughs> okay. So uh, Akosia is going to tell us um, a bit about what she does and how she got into motorsports. Okay. Well, I got into motorsport, oh, I think maybe before any of you were born, because I look young. And I'm sure that both of you could be my daughter. But anyway, I should keep my age a secret for the moment. <laughs> Always. But, but I have been involved in motorsport for 34 years. Oh, yeah, yeah this was yeah. before. <laughs> so before we were born. That's before you were born. So, and in fact, and on top of that, I've been a volunteer. Not only have I been a volunteer for 34 years, I was the first black race official to be involved in motorsport all those years ago. Wow. Um, so, so it means I have got up on a Saturday morning at five o'clock in the morning to be at a race circuit for six or seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I don't leave again until seven o'clock at night. And I've done that for the last 34 years. Wow. And out in all weathers, come rain, come shine, come, you know, anything. And in fact, most of my family will tell you that they stopped inviting me to events at weekends. Mm. Because they always be, oh, I've got to go to Brands Hatch, or oh, I'm going to be at Donington, or I'll be on my way home. They they just stopped. I've missed christenings, birthdays, 
possibly weddings. Uh, I have got a daughter and I've got a grandson. And my daughter will tell you that I left, I abandoned her for, for motorsport. I don't know whether that's cute or not. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, but it doesn't sound like it is because actually she's quite, you know, she was quite um, grown up anyway. And, and at one stage she was also a marshal. But it's it, what, what it's shown me is that I have had many changes in my life. I've had different, I can't tell you how many jobs I've had in that time. But the one consistent thing for, 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 for my life is I've had this one passion that hasn't gone away mm. for over 30 years. And, um, and and if somebody said to me that I would have stayed in that same passion for 34 years, I would never have believed them. Yeah. So it's not something I started out to say that I was going to do it for that amount of time. I did it because I, I, I've always loved cars. I love the adrenaline. I love the, the being involved. And even though I've not been, a, I'm not a racing driver, you still get that thrill of, of, of being part of something. I love um, being part of a family that's different. It's, I always say to my friends, it's a bit like having an addiction because you, like now, our season is about to start next this weekend, actually. So the winter season, when you've got nothing going on, you, you can't wait for the season to finish sometimes. Yeah. And as soon as it finishes, it's like, oh, when's the season starting again? So you can do it all over again. And that's, that's, that's the, and it's like going, it's like the first day of term, you know, we're getting all that excitement yeah. going. We've already had two races on the F1 because the F1 calendar started two, uh, three weeks ago, didn't it? Now, so so yes, it's always starts roughly the same same period. But motorsport in the UK does goes from March to October, November, mm-hmm. unless it's like rallying. So yeah, so that's so that there's that. Um, so <clears throat> being passionate, I first got light cars, or I remember my first vivid um, memories of cars is when I was about eleven, maybe ten, eleven, twelve, and I remember being at home and watching. Then it used to be called the um the uh the the, the English uh, or GB Great Britain Rally, and all used to happen up near Wales and, and surrounding areas. And I remember watching at the time the the famous or the most important cars were either Mitsubishi or um, Audi, and I loved the Audi Quattro. And I just remember this white, I remember it being a white Audi Quattro, literally flying through the through the woods and forests, going so fast, and you know. All around, and, and I just thought it was amazing. And I always said to myself, one day I'm going to own an Audi Quattro. Well, guess what? I'm still waiting for my Audi Quattro. But anyway, that's another story. And <laughs> then I, was, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, I then also remember watching early Grand Prix. And in those days, the Grand Prix used to be um, they used to offset between Brands Hatch and Silverstone. I remember watching um, Brands Hatch. Um, and I used to watch it on TV and I remember watching people like James Hunt. I remember listening to Murray Walker, you know, and all the sort of the drivers that were around in those days. Mm. And that's been sort of laid dormant with me for a while until I met, then met, um, or do like, or then I then met my um, second partner and uh, he used to go off, he, he was disappearing one day and I said, well, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Brands Hatch. I went, oh, he says, I'm a marshal. I said, well, what's a marshal? So I went along with him the next time. And that was it, fell in love. So as a Marshall's guest, I sat, um, uh, for those people that know Brands Hatch, you've got, when you come out the pit, to come down, the, you go down, up and down paddock to a corner called Druids. And he was Marshall, he was a, there was a Marshall post there, and that's where he was, post five. And I got to sit on the outside of that, po- of that post, in my deck chair, watching these cars hurtling up towards us and then doing that very fast, tight turn. And that was it, I was in love. 
And then literally within weeks, I then had my first membership for a race club and my first set of um, orange overalls to become a marshal. And at this point, were you volunteering or? That's when I first got, that's when I first volunteered. So I was there as a guest initially, just watching, but then I wanted to be part of it. And and that's when the first time I realised that you didn't have to be a racing driver to become part of motorsport. You could do this volunteer role as being a marshal. The marshals are very, very important even in international level and at the Grand Prix level, because without the marshals around the world, and especially in England, there would be no motorsport and, and hmm. F1 would, 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 couldn't, couldn't happen. I'm considering this part. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like two questions from that. How did you get the license? So for anyone listening, like me, I want to, I want to yes, also... <laughs> how how well, do well, you so, so basically, so basically, um, and that's one of the things I'm trying to encourage is to get more people active as, as becoming volunteers as marshals, especially students. If, if people are, 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 are waiting to do, you know, do applications for, for university and they've got to do some work experience and they can't get work experience, marshalling is a brilliant form of way of doing volunteering because, especially when you're working on posts, because you, you get to do, it gives you confidence, you've got to work in a team, you've got to make decisions and it's commitment, all of those things. And you can learn all those things. So when, so when you've got to put something on your, on your form and it says, have you ever worked in a difficult situation or have you managed a difficult situation? You can relate it back to your motorsport. Also, it ticks that volunteering segment as well. And also for any prospective uh, employers, if then, if it's, and it's whether you want to, you, you don't have to be a marshal and light mode, you know, or want to get into motorsport full time. But when I've, all my day jobs, whenever I've gone for an interview and I've got motorsport on my CV, we end up talking about motorsport and, I've, and then I get the job. <laughs> That's a good talking point. How to become a marshal? You can. There's a number of ways. You can go on to the Motorsport UK website, and there's a section for marshalling, or you can Google and find what your local club is um, that's in your area. So anybody that's in the south of London, I recommend either going on to the BRSCC, which is the British Racing Sports Car Club, and they've got a section on marshalling, or to MSVR, who own um, Brands Hatch, and they've got marshals as well. And all these clubs will offer you a taster day. So you can have a taster day. You can go down, they'll show you around. You go and pose, they'll tell you all the different roles that there are. And then you can do that for a few weeks until you decide that you want to actually t- to take part. Um, you do get, um, they, they tend to give you like a breakfast voucher. There's often raffles. Um, some clubs will, will provide you with overalls. And some clubs you have to buy your own overalls. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's different, different ways. And you can also travel around the country. So you can either stay in your own area, like and Grand's Hatch could become your home home circuit, or like I did, I I go around all the well, even as a clerk, I go around the global circuits. You know, I've been as far north as as Notkill up in Scotland. Um, I've been to Wales. You know, I've, I've got I've got I've gone all over. I travel all over. And back in the early days when I was with my partner, we used to also go abroad. We used to go and do Le Mans. I used to do Le Mans, so I've marshaled at Le Mans on the Molesand Strait, and I've been to Zanzibar and I've been to Nurburgring. We're going to Zanvoort this year. Okay. <laughs> right. Not as marshals, but well. yeah. And then also, so there's a, there are very different marshals. They also could do things like the 24-hour race at Nürburgring. There's marshals that go out to Abu Dhabi, that go to Australia, that go all over. So, you know, it, it, it can take you. And some clubs will pay for you to go through those trips, or some people just inc- incorporate it as part of their holiday. So, you know, we are a bit of a mad lot that we use our holidays for motorsport, but that's... That's the addiction. We're we already on track. <laughs> we used our half All of our, our holidays, holidays for that. So, yeah. And when it comes to, yeah. like, 
first aid and training to be a marshal? How does it work? Do you so what it does, after you, you sign you up? Get, you do. So you tend to get training on on during the job because you'll be, you'll always be working with an ex- another experienced a marshal, and they'll always show the, the ropes. And then once a year, <clears throat> and it's just finished because we're about to start the season. So between like December and uh, February, early part of March, there's marshals training that goes on all over all over the country. So people have just been starting marshalling, but for that you tend to tend to do fire training. So you get taught how to pull up a extinguisher, how to put a fire out, the proper way to put a fire out, how to how to extract a driver from from the car and, and, other, and other practical things. So you have to do at least, you must do a, a master's a training day at least once a year. Um, and then also there's some people may want to go and work at the rescue unit. And I think they have two lots of training uh, 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 a year that they'll, they'll be in, um, they do something during the year as well. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of training. And then also Motorsport UK are always sending out um, instructions about, you know, any, any updates. And so for example, at the moment, because of electric cars are coming more and more into championships, Marshals have to get um, training on electric cars because you can't go where if a car was on fire, for example, or whatever, you'd normally go straight and try and help. But with electric cars, you, ha- you actually can't do anything initially because you've got to make sure you've got your rubber boots on and special gloves because they've got the lithium batteries in them. So there's a whole lot of there's a whole whole, whole new regime. So you are you are given training. OK, so what does a day on track look like for you from the morning to you know, the evening. You say you okay. get there six, seven, so okay. seven p.m. So, so I, I just explain to you. So, okay, I haven't been a track marshal for many, many years. Okay, I've actually, I actually now what I should have told your told your listeners is that I actually now hold a clerk of the course license, so I'm actually in race control. But I will come back to that in a moment. But as okay. a track marshal, <laughs> you will be you'll get to the circuit for about six thirty-seven because not often, well. Pre-COVID, we used to do face-to-face sign-on. During COVID, a lot of a lot of clubs went to doing um, online sign-on. So, and now we're some people are running a mixture of both. So, if there's still physical sign-on, you have to get there to sign on. Let's say between seven and seven thirty. Uh, then you'll be given a breakfast voucher. You can chat to your friends. You know, get your overalls on because everybody wears. There's a Facebook group called the Orange Army because everybody calls. The <laughs> They're all dressed in orange, predominantly orange overalls. Yep. Okay. But there's another orange army, so <laughs> oh, okay. and um then you will you'll be you're given a time because you, you get the timetables beforehand of what time you have to be on post for. And you normally have to be on post by eight by eight o'clock, eight fifteen, because of track inspections and things like that. If it's a Grand Prix and an international meeting, it's even earlier than that. You could be on post from seven o'clock because of all the technical um, inspections that goes on. Uh, so then you'd go on post, and again you either allocated a, a sign on, you're allocated what post you go to or what position you're doing. So you've got other jobs like um, paddock marshal, assembly marshal, and start line, um, and gridding up marshals as well. So there's, there's there are different roles, and then you're on. You then have your briefing with your 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 post chief, and they make sure that you're that they're there, that they're fully manned. And then for somebody like me, if I'm in race control, I would then make sure ask all the posts or ask somebody who's in charge of the post to say, are we all fully manned? And they will tell us yes. And they'll tell us whether people are missing um, radios or flags or now a lot of posts have now got, we've got these, now run these light panels. So we run a mixture of flags and light panels. So we've got to make sure all the posts have got their, where appropriate, their light panels. 
And then normally an inspection, CAD inspection is done by the clerk um, about um, half an hour to 15 minutes before the start of the race, before the start of qualifying, sorry. And most race meetings start dead on time at nine o'clock. Okay. So that's, and then, and then um, you run qualifying. So if it's race, you'll have, I don't know, could have about 10 sessions of qualifying, which will last about 20 minutes each. And each, each championship needs to go out and do at least 20 minutes, do at least three laps. And that defines their grid for their race. Depends on how many, how many championships you've got running. You might get your qualifying done by 11 o'clock-ish, half 11, then you might do the first race of the day. So after that, then you normally will break for lunch, something like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. And depending on what's gone on, hopefully marshals will get an hour's lunch, but more often than not, we only, sometimes they only get half an hour or just a quick comfort break. If a car's gone off and it's taken out the barrier and it's taken us... 40 minutes to, to, to run the barrier. I've got to get that time back to continue. To, to continue. So and we always want people to try and race. So yeah, often the lunch break is the first thing to go sometimes, you know. So, yeah, so that, so that sort of, a, and then you can finish anything from, well, again, circuits will have curfews. Um, I think this weekend the clocks go f- forward, don't they? So it'll be a bit they lighter. Do. Yeah. Well, I've been surprised. Yeah. So, <laughs> So it means it means it'll stay lighter till six. So most curfews about six o'clock. Mm-hmm. But in the winter, when you do, when you're racing in October, November, and the clocks have gone back, often we have to finish by four o'clock or four thirty. Um, and then if you do rally cross, it's a little bit coming a little bit earlier because things happen quicker there. And if you do sprints, you might finish at four o'clock because it's much quicker. Okay, and you mentioned like a track inspection. What exactly? Is being in- inspected? Is it like you know there? So, so, so the so used to be the steward that most what steward used to do the ch- inspections, but since COVID, it's been the clerk. So that so me as the clerk, I'm at, if I'm the, if I was the um um the person that they've allocated to go and do the track, you got you you get a course car, you drive round. So first of all, you drive round to just make sure that a the track looks clean, it doesn't need to be swept. So because sometimes let's say. It's a one-day meeting, and we're there on a Sunday. There may be somebody else there on a Saturday, and the track's got very, very dirty, got lots of rubber on. So you have to make sure. So you do make sure. So in fact, before the track inspection, I would actually tell ask the sweeper to go out and do a sweep. You also want to find out, and you tell if there was any accidents either the day before or the weekend before. So you, so if, there, if a post had been taken out and damaged, or some barrier work had been done, I would also go and check out that, make sure it's, it has been fixed. It might have had a, it might have had a temporary fix. You want to make sure it's all it all it's all still safe. You want to just have a quick look look as well to make sure you've got enough mark. So what the marshals have to do is they have to wear their flags as you go past, so you can see where the posts are and if there's enough people on on post. And also now the lights will also go, so you can see whether the lights are flashing at the, at the right point. And also you'll have all the emergency services will have their lights on, so the ambulance recovery and rescue units will have their lights on, so you can make sure they're all in the right place. So that's what a track inspection. Um, is if you if you're not happy, then you'll maybe to go back to race control and, and tell race control can they make sure get maintenance out to do something. Then you, or it might be moving a barrier, it might be moving some cones, it, it could be anything. And then you're so that's why you do it at least half an hour before, so you've got time to make any changes. Okay, makes sense. And now yeah. we can branch into race, race control. control. <laughs> yes, race control. So that, that's where I am most of the time now, because I say, as I said, I'm a, I'm a clerk of the course. So um, with the club that I work for, I'm, I have the position of what's called operations clerk. 
but as an op operations part, then my my job to um, make sure a the track is ready, b that we've got all the marshals on post, so I will liaise with chief marshal. I would uh, make sure that we've got all the medics because we have doctors that take their time off and they give their time to the circuit, paramedics, get recovery are there. So we have like, no, some, some circuits have to, we have to hire in the breakdown. So it's you know, like the recovery people that recover you from the road. We'll have a couple of them. We'll have them with what they call tilt and slide so they can get a car up onto a ramp or they can pick up or a high up which they can grab the car. Um, I have to make sure yeah, that everything's all manned. Um, I check the lights to make sure the lights go on and off or care the red because I also with the particular club I do it do it with but I have to do the start so I have to make sure the lights are working and um, make sure yeah everything's all in place make sure assembly have got the first lot of cars in the assembly area ready ready for us to start to go green flag on a, a dead or nine o'clock so it depends on what circuit I'm at I might like for example at Brown Hatch will say the first lot of cars to come come down the pit lane ready. To go at nine o'clock, we turn the, the, the lights or the pit light exit off and out the cars will go. Okay, I like the whole lights thing going on because have you ever made a mistake with the lights at any point in time? Like that's so <laughs> crucial, you know. Maybe you can't say, but if you can, in the past, <laughs> it's something because every step so was one of the things you, I have to do. So wherever I go, even though I might know the circuit, I always go back and have a check because in case they change it. Because at some circuits, it's a button to press. Some circuits are button to, to turn, to, 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 to like that. Mm -hmm. So it can, be, it can be different. And especially when you've got nails, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can press it. So I think once I went to press it and it didn't happen, but luckily it was a rolling start. So I had another second to, to, turn, them, to turn them on. Yeah. So it, it can be. But what I have done, I've dropped the green flag. Because you know you have a green flag lap. <laughs> I remember at Donington, uh, I'm up the, the old gantry, and this gantry was literally over the track, over the track. And um, I went to pick up the green flag, but there was a gap, and the green flag fell down be below the below the foot. Yeah, so I had to call to a marshal, stuck my marshal to go and get the flag for me, so I could do the green flag to start the cars off. But you do have kids. You, my stomach does go every time my stomach goes. Because mm. and, and especially when you're doing a rolling start, because when you're doing a rolling start, I've got headphones on and race controller talking to me. They're going, oh, I can hear them say, "Safety car, yeah, grid looks good, come in now." Then they'll go, and I've got you've got like a, a name like Echo One or Echo Two. They'll go Echo Two over to you. So I'm now in charge of that start. It's down to That's me. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's, again, it depends on the circuit. Sometimes you can't see them till they come round, but you've got to also make sure they're in the formation. I mean, if I'm at the Silverstone um, International Circuit, you are, you're quite high up, so you can see quite far. Mm. And then you also have to pick a point where you're going to turn the lights off as well, because they can't start racing until they get over, until they get over certain... So it's a bit like a cat and mouse. So you also feel as if all the drivers are saying to you, turn the lights off, turn the lights off. <laughs> they're, all right. they're all anticipating that you, you're doing that, because if they do it too quick, they're being to done a jump start. So then I'll go echo to understood, um, and I will then put the red lights on, Ready yeah. for right now. And I confirm that to race control so I can see the red lights are on on the gantry, or I might have a repeat one that I can see where I'm sitting because often you're not always in the same line of sight. And I'm looking, 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 waiting for the first cars to come round, making sure that the, the, the two lead car or the lead car should also be, hold, should always be holding them, holding them, holding them, holding them, holding them, holding them. So I get to the marker that I know that I'm going to turn the lights off. 
and then I turn the lights off. Slaves <laughs> out and away we go. <laughs> and then what you get sometimes, especially in track racing, you get a two-part race. So you get the you get division one, go first, and division two start maybe ten seconds later with a with a union jack. So I've then got to pick up the union jack. I have a stopwatch, but often I've got somebody else with me who's do, actually doing the counting. Okay. And then they'll go now, and then I've got to drop drop the, the, the flag. And the concrete as well, they're on a rolling start spot, so they're just a little bit behind. So I've yeah. got to hold them as well. Or, or it could be a standing start that you do it on. So you might have, especially if you do caterings, you start, so if it's a standing start, you start the first lot off um, with the lights on, lights off, and then the others lot have to stand, they're about two or three grid rows away. Then they've got to wait till you drop the drop the um, union union flag on there. This is exciting mm-hmm. stuff. Really like, <laughs> has there ever been a case where race control has checked everything? You've checked the lights, everything is working, but when it got to the start, the lights didn't come on. Just that's not why. Fun. That's why you have to have the union flag because you can also start a race with the union flag. Oh, oh right. Okay. Well, in, you thought of everything. Even in in, in in international meetings, they'll always have the. Uh, the, the flag of the because you can you can start it on a flag. Oh, makes sense. I didn't know this. Yes, yeah, so, so, so you don't panic. You just go. You, you, you get the message, and then, and then especially in this one, they could quit sometimes. Lights have failed. You'll be starting on a on on a on a flag. Okay. Okay. Or um, on a flag, or they'll be starting on behind the safety car. Okay, makes sense. And then my next question was: Was there like a huge? learning gap between being a marshal and then moving on to race control you had to learn there please give us yeah. details <laughs> uh, so, so, lots of, so basically my progression through marshalling has been I was, I was a track marshal then i became assembly marshal then i became a sector of the meeting so i'll explain to you about that then i think from sector of meeting i then became a, a clerk so i got my clerk's license in 2015 but you do have to go through what they call mon- modular training so there's a book we have to go on, but you, you do various different things and get, get, get signed off and then you, they get assessed and then you get you get um the license. And then you can either be, as I say, some clubs don't run run different different ways, but my main club that I'm with now, they have what's called, as I said, a um um some 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 that does what what I call um do doing all the starts. Then you get also get judicial judicial um you get have an ops clerk and then you have judicial clerks. And the judicial clerks are the ones then that will, which I can also do, where if a driver has done something wrong, mm-hmm. then you call them up after the end of the race, you'll look at their, their, their footage and then, um, look at all the evidence and depending on what they've done, then you can either find them, exclude them, do whatever. Um, and that's what, that's what you'd have to do, do, do as a judicial clerk and also do driver's briefings. So it can be quite, quite busy. Um, uh, but you have to just keep your head, uh, you know, but you're getting your talk. And especially when you first you first get qualified, you'd always have a senior clerk with you or somebody else that's a bit more senior to help. So if you're not sure, you can sort of tend them out to them and say, okay, this is what I think. And then they'll, they'll either guide you as to whether you've done the right thing. And we're all governed by, oh, I haven't got mine here. There's a, a book that comes out every year from, from our governing body called the Blue Book, and that's got all the rules and regulations. So all races are done to these rules and regulations. And if the driver goes outside those rules and regulations, that's what you're quoted back to them. So like if somebody... Um, Overtook on the safety car. That's a, a couple of the codes on my head now. But there's a code like so I can see one, whatever, whatever. And then you can penalise. You've got penalty points for, for them for that. Okay. Um. And um. You mentioned after the race, like you call the drivers. Is this? Does it depend on the kind of race? Because I see in international races, you know, like um, 
race control comes out that they are investigating a sort of incident and sometimes you get a penalty during the race. Yes, that well, okay. happen. Okay, so you've got to remember one thing. So so under national race race, the clerk of the course makes a decision. So we can put an investigation button because we've got this new software now that we can put driver under investigation. So the drivers so it depends what it is, if it could be track limits, then um that's dealt with quite quickly. And it might be um a black and white flag shown or they're given a uh, if they're doing it more than once, they get a five second penalty or all, all that sort of thing. If it's something because there's been an incident, you may have to wait till that race is finished mm-hmm. and then you can get get the evidence and you might have to get two drivers up. And then you can make the decision and then they're given a piece of paper that says this is the decision of the clerk. Now they then have thirty minutes from that decision sheet. If they don't like the decision I've made or any of the clerks have made, they can appeal that process and they can appeal that process to the students. But they have to go back to the secretary meeting, fill out another form and then pay a fee for that appeal. <laughs> wow. OK. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and, then, and then the higher up you go, so it's something like touring cars, sometimes touring cars actually come with their lawyers and their checkbooks and they'll put down a lot of money. For <laughs> their <appeal>. checkbooks. <laughs> yes, that's why there's always appeals going on in touring cars. And um, then they're here. It's like a mini court is, is is then convened, and normally it will happen during during the duration of of the meeting. Or some again, sometimes it might not happen till the end. So it so sometimes you could be there longer than seven o'clock. You could be there to ten o'clock at night while these while these hearings are going on. And then the stewards, and you have a steward, and you have two event stewards. So there's three of them. The main steward comes from Motorsport UK. The other two are two local ones that would belong to the club. And they're like judges, and then they would look at the evidence that the, that the clerk has done, and they can either uphold the, the, the clerk's decision and actually and actually add more points or fines or whatever to the driver, or they can say no, the clerk made a mistake, and they can um, reverse the clerk's decision. Oh, and in extreme cases, if they, the decision can be made, or it's a very serious one, it then gets referred back to most of what you can, it goes to what we call national court. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a whole court, like. oh, yeah. now, now in Formula One, it's actually different. So they've got the clerk of the court in race control and who makes decisions. Um, well, he's, he's taught me, but he's about to, get the, he's about, to, about to get approval from the stewards. And if you think back to when um, that awful meeting race um, in 2021, mm-hmm. With Michael Massey, he made a lot of mistakes because he was making decisions that he should never have made because he should have gone back yeah. and got advice back from the stewards. So in F1, it's the stewards that make those decisions. So for, if, if somebody's done something wrong, um, they're going to put up the notice saying it's under any investigation and they're normally shutting the room away from the from race control, uh, but they've got access to every single camera angle. They've got access to all the team's um, cameras on on their cars yeah, they've got the footage yeah. from the circuit and they've got you know, you know sometimes there's, there's cameras in the in the ground they've got all that footage and they've got the overhead thing they can see it from all angles and they will be looking for all sorts of things and then they have to quickly debate and, and one of those and one of those people that sits in with the stewards is also a driver's representative so it's often an ex f1 driver somebody like Derek warwick um johnny herbert or or you know somebody from the past they will there will be a driver's steward for that weekend Mm-hmm. And if you go on the FIA website, you, you can look at, you can also see the documents that are published for, for any F1, for any F1, you'll see, they'll, they'll announce who the driver, who the stewards are, including the driver's representative. And they're meant to stay impartial. So anything, so, so the clerk wants something to be done, he has to pass it to the, to, to the stewards and the stewards make a decision. Okay. And is there a sort of system to analyze like 
um, wrong decisions. You know how you said sometimes it can be reversed. Yeah, right? but, well, the t- if you do but, it, so the team. So, so, so from what I gather, so I didn't get to see the race because I was actually doing another event. So I th- there was all that palaver with Alonso. Yes, do a better decision, and then. Um, Aston Martin would have gone and made an appeal and said, "No, no, this is wrong. Can you look at it again?" And that's why the that's why the appeal was was overturned again. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to that, does the person who made the decision exactly. get penalized? Penalized as well? Because no. according to no, Alonso's <laughs> argument or no, no, no. Martin's no, no. argument. Do you mean do you mean the do you mean the steward gets penalized? Yes. yes. Like it, there should be a sort of system, right? Like especially if you do it. Um, a number of times and it becomes your habits. There should be well, well in FIA, like Michael Massey, it's like Adios, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Another but thing I wanted in, to find out. Sorry, in club racing, I suppose if you kept making a lot of mistakes like that, or not sex, or, or, or you're not getting decisions right, it means you haven't understood the rules. Yeah. Then I suppose you'll be called in either by the club or by Motorsport UK. So, um, yeah. but that's I don't think I think that's very 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 rare. You know, yeah, okay. And I wanted to find out like your view since we are inching closer into F1 and talking about like F1. What are your views if you can share on um safety in F1 and the role that um the race control and stewards play in, in F1? Do you think there's room for development? How far do you think they've come? Like any views you can share on that? I don't know. I mean, the one thing on every single, even on F1, on the back of your ticket, on the back of your pass, it says motorsport is dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you have to know. Okay. Um, drivers don't want cars to be slower, to be safer. They want the speed. Because after the, I think the accident of Senna, they, they, they sort of polled all the drivers and said, Should we? no, no, they don't want, they, they don't want cars to be slower. That's not what they're there for. But what you need them to be is to be safer. So what you'll find out now is that we've had quite a lot of recently some quite bad crashes. But um, if you look at Z- Z- Zoom's one at, at, um, at the Grand Prix, which Grand Prix last yeah. year. Last year, his still car, His car flipped a hundred times. It was on his head. And then it flipped and went into the, into the thing. Now that, that's, that, the flicking and going into the, between, between the, uh, um, the tech um, barrier and, of that it's always going to be freak because what it's because the cars are quite light they can flip quite good but what you notice is with the introduction of the halo if that halo mm-hmm. had not been there the car was skidding on the halo not on his head yeah so years ago if that had happened that would have been his head he could have been decapitated he would have certainly had neck 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 injuries yeah nowadays when, when the cars do get get hit Everything goes off, of, and not normally the tyres are tethered, and they, they will stay on. The tub stays intact. Everything else is designed to come off. Okay. So there's been a lot of safety. They they, they introduced what must be nearly ten years now. The hands device. So even even national racing drivers have that now. So attached to their helmet, they, they have to wear this collar thing, and that's mm-hmm. so that stops their neck moving around so so so, mm-hmm. so much. So whenever these safety things are put into F1, it does come down. Especially into single seaters in, in club racing to make to make it safer. Every accident is looked at, and even with most what you can, we have to look at why does something happen. Well, what you can't account account for is um, that sort of one-off unique because they can't justify everything. They can't think about every single position a car might be hit 
to how it's going to be, Sally, could, could Sally be thrown into the air and propelled over? I happened to be, unfortunately, at Brands Hatch, uh, so it's a year ago now, when there was a fatality at Brands Hatch, and I just started the race. Okay. And I was watching, I was in the next I heard a bang, and there's, there's cars up in the air, and that ends up going on top of a marshal's post, and unfortunately, a marshal died. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, it's real. It's definitely real out there. So, but again, afterwards, they, they looked at the, they looked at it and said, um, should they, could the master's post be moved further back? Would it, could it ever happen again? But you do get these freak accidents. You know, you get areas where the cars will always go off and then they'll, they'll always do a safe fix on that. That's why now, before you used to have what we call Armco, then they used to put barriers of um, tyres and now they've got this new, new stuff called Techco, which they can clip together. So there's all sorts of things that, that come in. You've got greater runoffs now, gravel or gravel cats or kitty little as we call them. So there's always safety going on, always safety going on. So drivers, stewards, circuits will always be looking at what, what can they do better. Yeah. And since you're ambassador for FI Girls on Track, we are giving you the platform. Anything you want to say about your work? There? Oh, wow. Yes. So I became an ambassador last year. Um, it was very, very, well, very, very, very privileged. And especially when I looked online and saw who the other ambassadors are, people like Susie Wolf um, yeah. are on there. But, um, but I, do, I wanted to be not just an ambassador in name only, because it's quite easy just to be an ambassador. I'm an ambassador, but I actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually active. So what's quite nice, because it, because it's, 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 it's run out of Motorsport UK, which is, which is my governing body. So I'm always getting the notes and letters to say, or, or messages to say, if there's, a, if there's an event on, I will go along because I think it's very important to be visible. Because, um, we do, they do a lot of open evenings or, or have days when we have schools in. And, and, or, or they bring them into the circuit and they're showing like the driver's side and showing all that stuff. And they do other activities, but I'm then able to tell them about what you can do as a, as, a, as an official. And then again, if, if they're, depends what age they are, encourage them to become, become marshals as well. And then that's been quite good. And that's what, and that's what I enjoy. And then also what I also do. So I'm obviously, I'm for women. I'm always, always for, for, for <laughs> women, um, causes, but I'm also there for women of color. So again, whenever these events go on, You'll always find again there's only maybe one person of colour in there yeah. or two, but I make a beeline for them, and then I talk to them because again after because what they're not going to be told, you know, through groups when when people are other people are mentoring them is is the issue the extra issues we have to deal with yeah. on conscious bias, <laughs> yep, you know, being ignored, Mickey taking banter. <laughs> oh my god yes yes all, all of that because I, I mean i've had even now although as much as i love my sport i was, I was getting it a lot and I, well, I still get you still getting different microaggressions when i first started yeah. they used to call me whoopee when i used to walk into press control they'd turn around and say to, people start talking in a, in a fake either african or jamaican accent i can't even do an accent <laughs> here she comes watch out she might be pinched she might pinch your stereo, she might pinch your tyres, make it out that you're a gangster. What are you trying to say? I'm a gangster. Wow. Make comments wow. about my boobs, make comments about my bum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can't <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, so, or people talking and they forget you're there, standing there, and then they'll go, oh, yo, I don't mean you. I mean, you're okay. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for making a beeline to these girls because it's so important. Oh, it's, like, it's so yeah. important. So just let's say that they've got to hold their own. And if, and then, and the other thing is like, if somebody upsets you, 
you know, whether that's at work or whatever you do, and you guys must either have the same thing, you have to just hold it in, yeah. it in and then excuse yourself. Say, excuse me, I just need to go. Yeah. Go to the ladies, kick the door, do whatever you have to do. <laughs> then wash your face and go back in and go, okay, I'm ready now. Never, ever, ever break down in front of any of your colleagues. Yeah. Because then yep. they'll, 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 they'll know your weak spot. Not just okay. your weak spots, but then it also feeds into the angry, angry. yeah, black woman stereotype. It's just That's like it. exactly, and of course, and of course, and often when you see things going on, and other people get 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 um elevated over you and whatever, and you're and you're thinking, and, you, and in your head is going, you're going, it's not fair, but you can't be saying that out loud. You've got to just find another way of dealing with it. Unfortunately, and that, and, that, and that's what I've had. I've had it so many times, but I have to just. I love my sport. I love what I'm doing, and I ain't going anywhere. So I'm the thorn in your side. <laughs> got to the spirit, power to the women. <laughs> you've got to deal with me, not the other way around. You know, and especially now, as I'm in a world where where um, especially most especially club mode sport, it's run by aged, grey-haired, white males. Mm. Yeah. Who some of them are stuck in. So at the moment now we've got this new thing. What's well, the same new thing? That, that's now that all the clubs have got to sign up to. It's called racial disrespect. And the comments I've seen online is saying, "What's all this about? Why have we got to do that?" Do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't see, see they don't see it as a, themselves being a, a a problem. But at least the, the the governing body is trying to address it. So it means they can't make any comments about a woman. You can't make any comments about anybody. You can't make any banter. You've got to be careful about what you put on social media. Yeah. People, drivers, and, and, and people have been known to go and put really horrible comments on 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 social media, and they, they, make, they and they may be racing against a junior junior, something's fourteen plus, and they don't they don't realise that, right? Or forget that it's actually a child you're you're talking about. You get or, or within karting well, you get you get um, um, parents bullying their children and telling them off because they haven't done well. So yeah. we've also got a lot. We've got a big thing now on safeguards. We've got a big thing on safeguarding. And it's not just about children, it's about any vulnerable adults and a big thing about racism with, with respect. So I'm hoping that will, well, I'm not going to say it's going to happen straight away over, overnight, but you know, yeah. but a lot of the old ones are going, oh, I don't know what this, what this is all about, why we've got to do this. <laughs> well, because you've got to be kind to everybody. Yeah. You've got to respect everybody. And my opinion counts as much as everybody else's. Exactly, yeah. Um, so just to go a bit more to racing, I mean, you've been on so many tracks. Do you have any favorites like your top five tracks you've been to? My top five tracks. Oh, can I get five? Yeah, I can get five. Brand <laughs> Le Mans, Monaco, Cadwell Park. Okay. And, um, oh, Scotland, Knock Hill. Interesting. Knock Hill, I'll tell you why, because when you're in race control, you've got the track, and when you look in the distance, you can see the fourth bridge. And just about pitch for, 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 for like the river, and that is just a brilliant scene. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Maybe we should do like a trip. <laughs> okay, we don't have any days this year, so maybe the days year. are done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. But Monaco, you, but you should plan to go to Monaco next year, not for F1 Grand Prix. Okay. Two weeks before that, you have the historic Grand Prix. Oh, is that? And if you want to see proper cars. The proper F1 cars that with the proper sound and the VA yes. sound. <laughs> proper sound. That's the place to be. Hmm. Maybe that's what we can afford, Queen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have you still have all the razzmatazz, 
but it's old car and it's lots of the older cars yeah Mental okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mental um, yeah. And then you just wanted to talk a bit about work-life balance because obviously, especially when you started out, you were probably volunteering and working. Like, how did you make it work? Hello. I'm still working. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, well, put it this way. You learn the art of on a, Saturday, on a Monday morning of, 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 of taking lots of toilet breaks and going to sit in the toilets and having a cat nap. <laughs> Oh my God, why can't I relate? <laughs> because you are so tired because you come home from wherever. I mean, like, okay, typical example. I will leave home here on Friday because um, I'm off. I can leave, I can leave early afternoon, but often it would be leaving after work. So this weekend, I've got to go to Cadwell Park, which is up in Lincolnshire. Okay. So it's about a three and a half hour drive, but it could be anything longer than that because it's a Friday, Friday afternoon. I'm going to, hopefully because I'm at home this week, I can leave a bit earlier. But often if I was working, I, I would better leave till after four o'clock, five o'clock, and then still drive up, do that three and a half hour, four hour drive with all the traffic. So I'm at Capitol Park for a um, sprint meeting on Saturday morning. And then Saturday evening, I then drive down towards near Scunthorpe, which is about an hour away to go to another place called Blyton, I've never been there before, for a rallycross. So I'm doing a mixture of sprinting and rallycross this weekend. Wow. And then I'll drive home late on whatever time I get away on Sunday. So, yeah, so Monday morning will be a, I'm tired. <laughs> very <laughs> hectic. Very, yeah. very hectic. You know, if I go to places like Pembrey, I tend to, I'll tend to book the Friday off and the Monday off because I find now that I can't, especially if I'm clerking at Pembrey, Pembrey's in literally um well past Swansea but um trying to leave after seven o'clock to drive home is just too just too much so then I'll stay over next night and then just come home in leisurely on on the next day so my holidays get taken up with first of all I don't take any holidays until I've booked my race in the weekend if I need to have a Friday or a Monday off okay mm-hmm. makes sense anyway we should start wrapping up we've taken so much of your time already yeah. okay. <laughs> yes but before we do, are you rooting for any uh, of yes. the F1 teams or drivers do you for have predictions? Oh, oh, who am I rooting for? Of course, I'm rooting for Sir Lewis. <laughs> and then second is my little Lando. Lando, Lando. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be following Lando from day one. From day one. Really? Um, and then I'll quite like the fact that Alonso is putting it in there in the mix now yeah. so yeah that, that's good um yeah you know um back in the day I used to follow um Jensen Button because back in the day I gave him his when he won the Formula Ford Festival I gave him his trophies I've been following him ever since yeah but but the one you've all got to listen out for now we've got a young Caribbean girl who I launched on on Saturday because on, on, on Sunday I had an event at the Fairfield Halls and um I've launched a young girl called Montoya Baker she's named after Montoya Pablo uh, oh, Pablo, Pablo. <laughs> and she, she's going to be racing this year for the 750 motor club in an MR2 okay Mont- so that's one to watch so there's, there's loads Baker. of stuff I need to tell you still so if you're happy on again another day I can tell you I can tell you some more so um, <laughs> so much yeah. there's so much and also I haven't told you about my mentoring I'm doing with young women that are doing engineering you know there's a lot there's a lot of things that's going on Lots of things. Yeah. yeah. That's lovely. Such an honor. Like, you have okay. so much going on. And 
we got to share this with our listeners. Our listeners, you know. <laughs> and, of course, and, of course, you want, and, and I'm having a hospitality day, which I'll be arranging hopefully for May the 21st for people to come on and see Mo, um, Montoya Race. And okay. we're going to do proper corporate hospitality. So I'd love to I'll invite the two of you down. Yeah, <laughs> we would love to we come. Would love to. Get, to get to get to experience firsthand what it's like to be behind the scenes. Come and see what the driver get ready, watch the racing. Nice. I mean, just look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We would love to be there. Yeah, and then okay. the so last we are going thing. to round off with the last thing, which is getting you to speak a Ghanaian language. Called oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> No, okay. don't panic. It's cool. It's fine. You'll be fine. It's so we are going to get you to say, um, listen, listen to hairpins and streets. That's the first thing you say. Okay. Yeah. So it is Muntie hairpins and streets. So hairpins yeah. and streets stays, stays the, the same. same. And then it's Muntie. 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 Hairpins and streets. Not bad. So I just purpose. You should have some confidence, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Since you you passed the first test, we are going to get you to do the, the next part. Oh, another so, one. You say your names. You say my name is, and then you say Muntier. Like listen to Happy Centuries, yes. which we've done already. So the first part, my name is is Yefremi. Yefremi. Yes. Carol name. Glenn. Mm-hmm. Munti Hair and Pins. No, it's not Hair and Pins. Oh, got that wrong. <laughs> Let's start again. Let's, start, let's do it again. So, okay. Rub okay. that one out. Rub that one out. Say the first bit again. Yefremi. Yefremi. Carol Glenn. Mm-hmm. Monte Hair Pins and Straights. Yay! <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> and if you have any language you want to teach us, we also yeah, we are yes. to, we, we try to make it both ways, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, I know a little bit of French. Oh, uh, that's love language. Un petit, un petit peu. Je m'appelle Carol. Uh huh. Oh, okay. what, what, what would be here? What would be listen? I can't. What listen would be? Écoutez. Écoutez. Oui. Hairpins and straights. Oh, parfait. C'est ça. C'est génial. <laughs> um, merci, merci. Bon, Thank bon. Thank you so Thank much bon. for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a good, lot of fun. And I <laughs> yes. look forward to hosting you at a race circuit soon. Yay. Yay. <laughs>